Hear Me See Me podcast is sponsored by Zenoti, the number one cloud software for salons and spas. Because when people feel good, they find their greatness. I am Stuart Roberts, and I'm really excited to introduce my new podcast, Hear Me See Me. It's just over five years ago. I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. I had this idea after being inspired by a guy in America I'd seen cutting hair on the streets and seeing the difference it made to the guys who were there. This is more than a job, this is a calling. Hello and welcome to Hear Me See Me podcast. I'm Stuart and uh, today I've got two wonderful young people who uh, I've met I've met on the internet and um, uh, I've used some of their products and I need everyone to go out and find out about these products because it's an uh, amazing initiative. I've got Tommy and Rebecca from Bamboo Brush. How are you doing? Hello. Good afternoon. Good to be on with you. Thank you for having us. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. I've been using the brush. Have you had people look nice and white? (laughs) It's a filter. (laughs) 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 Now, I love what you're doing. I absolutely love it. Um, We've got got a common cause uh, as well that we'll talk about after. But firstly, tell me all about the journey of Bamboo Brush, what inspired you. Yeah, massively. Thank you. Yeah, thank um, you. Right, so... Where do we start? Where do yeah. we start? <laughs> so our background, our background was actually, we, we, lived, we lived in, um, both of us lived abroad and lived around, around the world for probably quite a considerable amount of time. Rebecca, I think, yeah, for me it's been 10 years, 10 years working and living. We say travelling, but it wasn't just travelling. Yeah. <laughs> and lucky enough to work and travel well, for myself, it's 10 years. I moved to Thailand. Well, first of all, I did a gap year when I first finished school. All I wanted to do was travel. So um, traveled the world for a year, fell in love with it. After then, I knew I needed to live outside of the UK. So I moved to Thailand for three years. Um, worked there, lived there. Then after that, I moved to Australia, um, where I was sponsored for four years. And that's where I met Tommy. And my background's a little bit different. I always wanted to be in teaching. So I always, I had, um, I've always, all my family, well, my mum and my sister are teachers, always wanted to be a PE teacher. Went to university, came out of uni, uh, went into the education system, worked for about two years, then did a typical three-month trip to Asia to find myself. <laughs> um, no, I, I did a, yeah, just a trip to Quite similar to Rebecca, I went, I went to Asia, went through through Southeast Asia to, to Australia, came back to the UK, yeah. and I think my mind had just been completely opened. I was, well, it had been, without a shadow of a doubt. I, was, I think I was very set on my opinions and very set on what I wanted to do, and then travelling just, um, especially in the developing world in Asia, it kind of just breaks down all of those barriers and it breaks down anything that you previously thought was right and wrong. And suddenly you're open to all of these new experiences and new people and new cultures and new... It's just amazing. Just everything. And that's kind of where 
that's kind of where everything started. So yeah, Rebecca was 10 years. For myself, it was about seven years, yeah. which we were very lucky. So, and, so lucky. Yeah. And, and, and so we met in Australia and then we decided to, um, oh, that was a whole other story in itself, but um, yeah, we, we met in Australia and then I had to leave because my visa went away, came back, went on to Rebecca's visa. Then Rebecca got made redundant and then yeah. we moved back to Asia and that's kind of where our, yeah, there was a lot of places that I visited that I wanted to show Tommy, vice versa. So we wanted to yeah. go out and travel and continue travelling. Sure, have you been to Asia at all? Yeah, yeah. Where, where was you based there? Where was you? I know that you've been all around, but uh, where uh, were you based? We weren't really based. So our, we started, our, our, what, when we moved back to Asia, what we started to do is we worked with a lot of travel companies. So, right. we, so we were doing a lot of these, a lot of the travel companies and tourism boards, they would the routes were quite similar. So we'd, we'd end up going to similar places, whether it was six months, a year, two years further down the road. Um, so we went throughout, I went to uh, India, Thailand, uh, Bali, Philippines. Stunning. Yeah. yeah. Sri Lanka was amazing. Where, where have you been? Where have you been? I've been to, I went to Hong Kong, uh, yeah. Bangkok, Pattaya. Yeah. yeah. He says smiling. And then over to um, Vietnam, Ho Chi Minh City. Oh, wow. And then there's a, I can never remember the name of it, but then a, a little place by the coast um, that was probably about half an hour from away from there, I think. I'm not sure. Um, but what I found is, um, and you're probably the same, once you get past the initial uh, obvious things of, of that, you know, when you go, Patia and all these places, there's obviously like the sex trade and all these things going on that people know it for. But once you get past that veneer, yeah. you get the true spirit of the place oh, and you get the most beautiful people, the most wonderful food, the most glorious countryside, fantastic beaches. And it's just, you know, uh, even if you're not even, uh, for people who are not even religious, like yeah, when you yeah. go to a temple, you cannot help but be moved by these places yeah. and the and people in them, you know. It does, yeah, like you yeah. said, it doesn't matter if if you're religious or you believe in anything like that. It's 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 seriously impressive. It's so and interesting, it's, yeah. and, and it connects you in, yeah. in so many ways. And I know what you mean, especially if you first you first go travelling. One of the first stops is Bangkok, and Bangkok is just like <laughs> wow, <Yeah>. pure <laughs> intensity. You either love it or you hate it, but it's just brilliant. Once you get past that culture shock, and it's just so different to what we, how we live. Yeah. And, that's the, uh... and I think that's where everything, well, especially for me personally, I was very, I was, like I said, I was very, I knew what I wanted to do. I was very com- competent in my own thoughts and my, my pathway in life. And then you go to Asia and you, you experience just the generosity of people who have barely anything. And yeah. they'll, give you, they'll give you everything. And they're so hospitable and so um, generous that it just completely changes anything that you've you've experienced or we've been brought up with, especially in 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 the West. And I mean, the UK is quite I wouldn't open minded in some respects, but it's yeah, it just completely broke all the barriers down. Yeah, it was. I, I, what I found as well was really impressed me was sometimes you'd find someone who maybe. Um, a street cleaner or a hotel cleaner or something, but they had such pride in their work. 
and such yeah. so proud of their job, you know. Uh, and, and that's what I think sometimes it's is that we could learn from is mm-hmm. about what you're doing is to have pride in it, do it the best of your ability, and you know it, it really come across. And another thing as well was, uh, I think my my boy came at me at one point, and there was a picture of the king, and you know, and he just said, "Oh, who's that?" And then the person behind the reception went, "Oh, that's my king," and it was that that's my king, you know, that the the the, the love and the proudness, you know, the pride in that. We yeah. went, went to the cinema once in Thailand, and at the start, everyone stood up. And I was yeah. like, what's going on? Yeah. I'm not used yeah. to it. But it I mean, it's like, a, it's, like a, it's like a deeper level of connection with mm. them, don't they? It's like yeah. a real prize. It's respect, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then, so going back to our, our story, so as I said, yeah, we were very lucky that we went to a lot of these beautiful places and our roles was in, was in social media. So we work with, with tourism boards, hotel chains, travel companies about promoting travel. Yeah. Uh, and that was, and that was it. But what we started to see was, I guess, especially from Rebecca's point, we were going back to places like Rebecca took me to a place. She went in t- uh, 2012 and we went back in 2017 um, or 2018. So six years difference. And what we started to see was the build-up of plastic pollution. So the oceans were, again, there was more and more plastic, more and more. You'd be there in an absolutely beautiful sunset, and you're taking this photo for social media. And we started to feel a bit fraudulent because, okay, on the right was stunning, but on the left, there's just piles and piles of plastic. Yeah. And that became somewhat the norm, I think. Well, it was, yeah, 100% the norm. Um, and that's kind of where our that's where our world of of sustainability and what we're doing now kind of ignited and I mean there was a few instances which are which stick in our mind one in which um we were in a place in Philippines which was beautiful a place called Mobile David Attenborough's been there it's one of the only places in the world that you can you have these armies of of sardines I don't know if you've ever seen them and they're all in the same direction yeah yeah. yeah, incredible, absolutely incredible. And um, the the reason they're there is because it's high in nutrients, and then there's a there's a good um, Gulf Stream that goes through past the island, and with that brings jellyfish. With the jellyfish brings turtles because turtles eat the jellyfish. So we're there. We went out swimming. I I got a drone. I put my drone up, and suddenly I've got two turtles on my screen. I'm like, oh my god, like this is like gold dust. But then what ended up happening, what, it went from high to low real quickly, is that I've got these turtles on my screen and then suddenly this, the, 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 just a load of plastic came into the screen and one of the turtles went to eat one of the plastic bags and that was like a really... Hit home. It, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it did hit home, but not massively, but it was just like a very eye-opening direct correlation between the impact that we are having on our natural environment and its its inhabitants so and then i guess it kind of just got the ball rolling into what we wanted to do we started to become more aware of the the issues we started to be a bit more focused around the companies we were working with we started to be a bit more focused around uh, the issues that we were we were talking about when we were working with these travel companies and uh, hotel chains um and i guess yeah that's where everything kind of that's where our story starts yeah so and then yeah. i guess what one thing that that was what was quite poignant was um quite noticeable was 
plastic wasn't just um, impacting the environment, but how it was impacting everyday people um, in these developing communities. They people in in developing countries they don't really have a a waste disposal system. So like we have the bin men come and collect our plastic and our waste. Yeah. People discard that into the environment. So suddenly they're living in their own waste, which causes issues on so many levels anyway. But yeah. as soon as you go into um, as soon as you go into look into some of the research, the research shows that us in the West, we end up once we hit our quota, we ship all our plastic and our waste out to the developing countries. So yeah. it's just like from that, that's kind of where everything properly started and we were like we need to what can we do you need to do something you can't about even that. you can't even you know when someone actually stops and tells you that <laughs> you know like even though yeah you know it goes on but when you stop and listen to it you think that's just vile isn't it you know <laughs> yeah. i just don't put out plastic and throw it over there <laughs> yeah we have over here in the in the UK and the USA and in the European countries, we've got the money to deal with our plastic. We've got the machinery to deal with our plastic. We've got the infrastructure to deal with it all. We've got the systems in place. But let's ship it over to countries who don't have the money. They don't have the systems. They don't have the machinery to deal with it. So, oh, wait, there is so much plastic and waste going out into the environment. It's, yeah. Morally, I, I can't quite put two and two together. I don't know how... Yeah. There's works, videos in Malaysia and there's just bright orange Sainsbury's bags, plastic bags everywhere. Yeah. It's just an absolute joke. Yeah. One of, uh, one, <laughs> I just remembered something. One of my favourite things I ever saw was, um, it was <laughs> the great, it's a good story of recycling. You know, I saw a lot of the, because we get through so many clothes. I think clothes is another thing that's, uh, yeah. we buy cheap stuff, throw it away. Most stuff's not even worn, you know, and it, and it all ends up in landfill and all that stuff. But it, a lot of it finds its way to sort of African countries and things like that. And I never forget, I saw an African woman walking on the beach and it, it said something like, Cindy's hen party. So this this T-shirt has gone, I imagine a load of girls in Blackpool on Cindy's hen party had all got these T-shirts and it ended up on an African beach on this woman. And I thought, yeah, this has like, been a use to it. But I, you know, what you're saying is... I mean, it's the, the fashion industry is a whole other... Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't even know where to start with that. No. I wouldn't know where to start with that. Even, even, even us with Haircuts Homeless, when we'd done our T-shirts, I was initially just thinking, because it's, it's an awakening, isn't it? You're not going to know. And I find it's, it's a similar thing that people of my generation, they know, like, you know, I'm a granddad and you guys are, are younger... And it's like the young are teaching the old how to think better and more morally and think about things a bit more, which is great, I think, mm. you know, because we didn't really have any of that thought. Um, and and it's, a, it's a gradual process of us being enlightened. And, you know, setting up the charity was just trying to get things where I could easily and, you know, yeah. so fist to print, get the T-shirts done, you know, it's easy to do it all in one place. Yeah. But then... Someone opened my eyes to it, and then we started getting our T-shirts from um, Fifth Column, who printed them for free for us, sourced the, from Internetal Clothing. Um, they sourced T-shirts from, they still use those places, because the, the thing what they said is, if you then take it away from um, somewhere in India, yeah. that might be the only sort of source of money coming in for that particular area, 
Yeah. So if you just take away some of, we're going to make it in England, then they, they lose their income. But what they do is they put 10 pence per item. So if you buy 100 T-shirts, 110 pences go to the wages. Nice. So just by everyone adding 10p to their bill, they yeah. doubles their monthly wage. Crazy. So they've still got work, but it's, it's, it's more as it should be. And it, it's that, that thing and not what's convenient, but, and, and, and it's so much more rewarding. And in the end, the T-shirts were cheaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> so it's, it's just it's just being. I think one thing that one thing that we're it's just awareness. It's just yeah. simple awareness, and, and it's just understanding understanding the journey, which a lot of us we don't know what happens of how this t-shirt is made and how it's got here. Whereas we think it's really really important that we're very transparent about where all our products are from and yeah. how it's made and where it's made. And showing everybody the journey. It's, yeah, it's that, it's that transparency. Yeah. And, and I think the world of sustainability, unfortunately, there's a lot of um, negativity. And you get, and I don't mean this disrespectful for anyone listening, but you get your proper tree huggers, proper vegans who are fighting the fight. And they, and they need to push the boundaries and what needs to be said. But they get, they're very, there's a, there's a very, negative aspects on anyone who's trying to do good and not doing it properly and i think that's where every that's where there's no there's no bridge yet because it puts someone off if there's negativity around you trying to be sustainable or you trying to cut out your plastic consumption and someone bashes you down because you didn't do it properly just switches people off and that's where um yeah. No, I think that's where what needs to be tackled because unfortunately there is a lot there's out there. Range. I mean, we get it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah you. Well, every, the world's everyone's a critic, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> everyone's a critic. You get the you know, you, 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 you're just doing your best, and sometimes, and then all of a sudden, someone comes up to you and you think, "Really? Is that?" <laughs> we done the um, National Lottery advert, and that's how we got a big lot of uh, you know like when we was on tv doing that and i had this it, it just i did my instagram lit up you know so you could imagine it went around the world almost and then we had all these and then you scroll down and it's fantastic love what you're doing blah, blah, blah. i'm not i'm not looking at them and all of a sudden there's bloke put on there uh good haircut shit uh, good advert shit haircuts you know and i just that got me then and i'm i'm looking at that and i'm thinking about it and i've got I must have had about 200, uh, like, lovely messages. Uh, and who, do I, who, do I, who do I go to bed with that night? Him. <laughs> right, you can't, you cannot do it. It's tricky. It's so tricky. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, um, Good, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, the whole world of sustainability is, is something new at the moment. And I think it's our role as, I wouldn't, we're certainly not experts in any way, shape or form, but we want to try and relate to your everyday person. But let's our big mission, our, our big slogan is one simple change. So it's how can we get that, get one person to make their first step on this sustain uh, this ladder of sustainability and their journey. So that's our big push. Yeah, I think it's it's so crucial. I, I had a lady on this morning and um, Dulcie Shepherd from and she does runs the Fifty Two Project, and it, they, what they do is is uh, one. She works with a neuroscientist, and it's like one good idea, simple idea. She wrote a book called It's Not Bloody Rocket Science. So the, the idea is it doesn't have to be complicated. No. So every week they do something that's a simple version 
you know, like we talked about uh, the power of cold water. So you can be like a Wim Hof, the guy who does the ice, you know, like, you know, if you if you try to spice me in, you're not probably going to do it because you can't go and stand in, in the snow for four hours or something. Yeah. But what she says is you can have a warm shower and then you just turn it on cold for 30 seconds. You just get, you know, and it's those type of things that they, and I think that's the important thing, like is what you're saying is, is, is it's not all or nothing. It's never all or nothing. There are myriads of stages in between. And that <laughs> one stage, that one small change, an old dinosaur like me started to be around people like that and thought, oh, yeah, I get it. I get it. Mm. So maybe I don't do everything. But then, oh, and I'll, I'll tell you my favourite product of yours. I'm a big fan, by the way. My favourite product of yours I call them earbuds, but they're they're the cotton buds. Cotton buds. You're not supposed to use them in your ear, but everyone does. And you know the bamboo cotton bud. What an amazing, simple idea. Yeah. yeah. I love the box they come in. <laughs> you yeah. Know, it's a really cool box, which is important. I'll tell about that. They tell you it's all about the box. But those that you know, like that, it's just it's 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 wood. You know, yeah. you, can, you cannot. And it, no one can argue with it. Can no. they? These bloody things houses. Yeah, what I love about that one is the fact that the whole thing can just be put in the compost. Yeah. Obviously, you want to use them, but it's 100% natural. Even so the packaging. That, even the packaging. All of it can just go in the compost and it'll go back to its natural element. So yeah. it's, um, yeah. Yeah, it's just keeping it simple. I mean, Definitely. there's too many experts in the world, and we're certainly not one of them. So just keep it simple. Don't, keep, don't try and overcomplicate anything. I think, I think that's true. And it's, it's, the important thing is to be authentic. You know, like, you know, I'm always saying, I'm the last, but don't ask me anything, but I'll tell you what I think, but I don't, it's not what, you know. Like, yeah. And that's the thing, that the minute you, you, you open yourself up to scrutiny, then if, if you profess to be, you know, uh, and if you don't know it, you can learn it. Yeah. You know, or you can ask someone who does know, you know. The important thing, in him, but this, the, the, the important message is, is what drives you, the, yeah. the why, you know. Definitely. And I, from the get-go, from the day we've launched, we've always put our hands up and said we're no experts. And we've always been so transparent mm. from the very day we've launched. Yeah, massively. So what's the, uh, where did it come into that we've both got these, all these, we are all human here. We are all human here. I can't, mind stuck. <laughs> 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 nice. Uh, we are all human here. So we arranged to wear the t-shirts, didn't we? Um, it's yeah. really funny. I, I just had a little break because I've done this my third one today and I just had a little break and I went, out, I went and sat in the garden and took my T-shirt off and I come back in and I just sat down. I, I hadn't put my T-shirt back on so I'm sitting here with my uh, boots and a red chest and I was thinking, oh my God, <laughs> I quickly run for my T-shirt before you got on. But um, enough of that. Where, what, um, where, did you, where did you link come to, to joining Humanitas or supporting them? Um, so right from the right from the start, we always I think it goes back again goes back to our travelling and the fact that we always felt that if we were in a position to be able to start a business, we needed to give back. So yeah. I think that was just very that was very natural in the fact that we've we we we've experienced such hospitality with people in the developing world and there's just that natural so that's where everything started. And about two months into launching the business with our toothbrushes um we were doing a market stall in hitchin in our small town and um 
we randomly bumped into Sarah and Ramiz, who are the founders of Humanitas, and then, well... The rest was history. The rest was history, yeah. I mean, that was literally it. That's how it all started. So then we started working with them. We, we started donating uh, toothbrushes initially to all of the children in their care. Um, so they've got school in a school out in, in Ghana. They've got the orphanages in, in Romania. Um, so that was how it all started. Um, and then we've always had this mission to be able to set up simple recycling facilities. So go, going back again to our travels, um, yeah. where you have these communities that cannot deal with their own plastic. We've always wanted to be able to set up, um, essentially a system where you can, you can exchange that plastic for products and then we can reuse that plastic for, to create products. And, and we started discussing this with Humanitas and now we, we've launched the first project in Ghana called Plastic Swap Shop. So we're just currently about to start funding for that. Yeah. Um, we haven't actually released that publicly yet. But anyway. <laughs> this is going out in a couple of weeks. So I saw that you've got an announcement and I thought I'll be able to get that out of them because this is yeah. going out in a couple of weeks, so that's fine. Okay. Oh, that's actually a different announcement. Oh, is it? Yeah. We'll yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, we'll so that's... We'll tell you that after. <laughs> we'll tell you that after, yeah. Yeah. We're worse at telling secrets. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Yeah, it not me nothing. I'll tell everyone. <laughs> yeah, we're night I'm with you. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so, so yeah, we, um, so we've been working with Humatas for about two and a half years yeah. now. we've been yeah. out to Ghana um, as well. Been out to Ghana. And last year they launched this campaign, We're All Human Here. Yeah. You see? And I think it's just an incredible message. It yeah. Mean, uh, never... No matter our differences, we're all the same. Yeah, and it's, it's more important every day. I think you look at all of the stuff around social media. You look at the football last week with all the racism that went on. Yeah. It was after the boys missed the penalties. I mean, it's just a simple slogan of we're all human here. We are, essentially. It can go from any walk of life, and I think it's such an incredible campaign. So it's great to have you and your team involved. And um, yeah. yeah, we're very proud of it. I think I'll go out and buy a t-shirt because it all goes yeah. directly to Humanitas. Yeah, I, I think I vaguely remember because my my brain ain't what it used to be. But um, I think I told um, it was Sarah or someone who I was speaking to from Humanitas. They were about to they were about to do that campaign, and I think I told her the story about the t-shirts. And I think our guy is actually the one who they get the t-shirts from. Think, oh right! Yeah, I think I think yeah. I vaguely remember. She said, oh, "Can you put him in touch?" And I think I did. So I think that they, 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 they that's just how this thing works, isn't it? How the things go around. It was like spreading the love. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, should we tell you the other secret we were yeah, go on, going it. to? Okay. Yeah. So we're not releasing this until Thursday. Okay. Yeah, this will be two weeks, so you're fine. Go on in. When we first launched at Bamboo Brush, we just had one product. One product, so we just had a bamboo toothbrush, um, and it was just us two. And we had a crazy goal of hashtag one million by 2020. Yeah. So effectively, we wanted to educate and inspire one million people to make a simple change from a plastic toothbrush yeah. to a bamboo toothbrush by the turn of the next decade. So we had nine months to do that in. Um, Everyone thought we were crazy, like absolutely mental. We got our T-shirts branded. We had it all over our product, so there was no turning back. Yeah. <laughs> what was it your dad said? How many did he have to He's like, Tom, you know that you've got to sell 3,000 toothbrushes a day? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah it's always someone who gives you the reality check, isn't it? I was like, oh, yeah. 
But we were doing it for my mum and dad, my, like my bedroom at my mum and dad's house. Um, <laughs> that's where it all started. So dad's like, what, you want to sell a million toothbrush? We were like, yeah. We can. But we, um, yeah, we were very we were very proud that after nine months we hit that goal. So we actually, we sold it. We sold a million toothbrushes. And um, then when we hit that goal, we were like, Oh, well, we need to set another, we need to set another goal. So we set one, we wanted, uh, which isn't, we could do that, but that's not what we're about to tell you. The second one was we wanted every Olympian to have a bamboo toothbrush at the Tokyo Olympics in 2020. So this is the announcement. So every Ah. athlete will have one of these in their kit bags. Brilliant. Yes, we're official official partners with Team GB at the Olympics. Fantastic. Well done. Well done. Thank you. You really do deserve it. Thank you. We're very proud. That's fantastic. Because I saw the thing you put the other day as well, that it's on, you got it on Virgin, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we got yeah. it on Virgin. Yeah, yeah. so the first bamboo toothbrush in the skies with a yeah. Virgin Atlantic, which was pretty, yeah, pretty, we're, again, oh, here's, here's the bag. This is the bag that comes in. This yeah. is the bamboo kit. And you get a little, tooth, a little baby toothbrush. So hopefully we can get one to Richard Branson to go up in space and that'll be yeah. too yeah. <laughs> First bamboo toothbrush in space. Oh, that's aspirations, isn't you? Yeah. I'll tell you what, I never thought I'd be a toothbrush salesman. As I was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's so much more than that, though, isn't it? It's, it's a oh, bit like with us, you know, it's not an haircut. It's, it's way yeah. different than a haircut. It's, it's the, and it symbolises, and it's the, you know, the communication and, and the empathy and all the stuff that go respect. So it's all about that. And yours is so much more than that, isn't it? It's about yeah. saving. How's everything, Stuart? How's everything been since since have you been since with COVID? What is it been okay, or is it you've been able to get back out there now? Or it, well, yeah, it was really tough. You know, like the the, the very fir- the first of the lockdown uh, March last year, it was, it was like overnight it just stopped, and we was on such a such a uh, we'd hit such a good um, trajectory, uh, and it also just dropped. You know. Um, we was on on target. We was we had a documentary made about us. We was having that was going to be released. We had a um, a premiere at Soho House and all the Soho houses, and and then it just it just didn't happen, you know. Uh, and we'd hit sixty seven projects uh, across the UK. We'd got six hundred volunteers, and we so wow. far we'd given forty thousand haircuts. So we really was at a high, and then it went to nothing. Uh, and I didn't realise how much of my, like, because I'm 15 years sober, so a lot of this, a lot of me helping other people helps me to stay right. Yeah. And so that that took taken away. So I didn't realise how much I needed it, you know. Mm. And a lot of my volunteers are the same. Uh, but what we, you know, thank God, April we went out again, and we've already got up to about 30 relaunched. Um, wow. Got loads of. We've lost some volunteers because their circumstances have changed, but we've got new ones coming all the time. Yeah. We've lost a few centres, but we've got new ones starting. So I think by the end of this year, we'll be back on track to where we were last March. And then next year, we can move way forward and spread yeah. across the UK even more. Amazing. Um, but it, uh, funding was hard. You know, uh, we, we've had a long, a long, um, a long reputation, um, um, relationship i apologize a long relationship with the lottery 
unfortunately, our, that we, we didn't get our funding renewed, so that's there's a big hole in our, mm. uh, our budget. And what happens is then is uh, there's there's not much about you know like for small charities. Mm. So we'll get there. It's you know I'm 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 under no you know I know we'll get there. We've got a great sponsor in L'Oreal. We've got a great sponsor in Zenoti, which is an American software company. And we probably need two more of those. Then they'll come, you know, yeah. they'll, they'll come from somewhere. And the great thing is once you're a, um, once you're a registered charity, com- big companies can then sort of almost claim that all back against their expenses. So it's, it's a good deal for them because they can – generally they do it because they want to. I don't think it's just a monetary thing. No, uh, definitely on the case of the two that we've got. I mean, that the, the support they give over and above the money, which is important, yeah. is really good. You know, they're there for you. And that's the type of sponsors uh, small charities need. They need more than just a check. Yeah. They need support and backup and encouragement, you know, and that's what's a bit thin on the ground. Because I, I, we, we've teamed up with so many other charities and they're, you know, in similar ways. The podcast has brought me... In, into a lot because I spot people who I'm interested in and just have them on as a guest it's pretty eclectic my podcast you know I go from you know my old kickboxing uh, teacher to um, a bee specialist a beekeeper <laughs> you know to Lena Headey from Game of Thrones to as we know Sarah Ferguson Duchess of York yeah. and you know it, it's it's very eclectic but they're always people that I find I find interesting yeah. So this this is I mean whether anyone listens I don't know but this is for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I've learned so much, you know. It's about that networking, isn't it? And just finding yeah. good people doing good things and then yeah. coming together and doing something and the impact that that can create, which I think is excellent. And I mean, looking at your donation stuff with corporates, there'll be so many companies I'm sure who yeah once they see it, once they see that impact and how much your one haircut makes an impact on that individual. Yeah. It's, it, it, yeah. it, it, I mean, you don't even have to put words into You can't put words into that, can you? No. And it's a, there's a great little mini video, I think I might have sent it to you, that, that's, uh, it was a 20 minute documentary they made, but it's a little one, it's a little 60 second intro to it. And um, Simon Emmett, the directory, uh, the doc, uh, documentary maker, he managed to capture everything in that 60 seconds. It's mm. so powerful. Yeah, and I do a little bit of sometimes I do a little bit of speaking you know like I speak at events sometimes and I don't have to introduce anything that 60 seconds you start with that you've got people on site because they you don't have to explain anything you know does it all uh, it's it's quite simple I find to do that after yeah Yeah. so it's an an exciting road ahead after last year yeah oh yeah yeah we're we're like I'm going nowhere you know I'm, I'm this is me the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, please God, it's a long one. And then, uh, you know, because I've got, I've got shit to do, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's Absolutely. so much to do, isn't there, you know. Uh, and it, there's, you know, uh, I, I always got the energy to do it. But you guys, so what's the future now then? I know that you want to go into space, but what? <laughs> what <laughs> what's the stepping stone? What's before that? Uh, so future now is, so we, the next step for us is, we are. We have our plastic swap shop, which is our. Essentially, we started the business to be able to set up these recycling facilities in in the developing world. I, I, we we yeah. want to try and find a, a way to a, a way to utilize that plastic. There's so much of it out there. 
how can we utilize that in a positive way in these communities that have got nothing so we have plastic swap shop with humanitas um so we're just currently trying to fund for that um we want to carry on with the educational side so we also deliver ed- educational workshops to primary schools across yeah. the world so Brilliant. we want to continue to do that it's a big pillar to our business actually yeah and then the other pillar is our community cleanup so we, we organize big community litter picks where people yeah. come down and we're able to we did our first one two weeks ago since since lockdown really so well since covid and we had we had 55 people turn out, which was incredible. Yeah, of all ages, it's brilliant. And it's and, and then with with the with the litter bits and the cleanups, it's that understanding that people, just simple um, simple fact of looking after your local community, going out, spending half hour and picking up litter in your local community is quite powerful. Especially when people think, "Oh, I live just outside London. There's not really much plastic." Yeah. You've only got yeah. to put your head in the bush and it's, yeah. it's horrible. So, yeah, that's a big push for us. And then I think we want to bring out some more products. That's, yeah. a, that's yeah, another, yeah. another goal. So we'll slowly slowly bring out more sustainable products um, and try and make and try and replicate our plastic swap shops. That's our, yeah. that's our thing. So we, we can go to any, any developing community around the world and we've got a system where we can utilise that plastic. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've, we're drawn, I say we, but I'm drawn to it all now as well. So, like, you guys is, is right out my street. We work with Green Salon Collective. They collect um, all the hair from salons now. They're growing and growing really fast. Mm. Uh, and they turn it into um, uh, boys, you know, like it soaks the oil up from oil oh, Fantastic. Yeah, and they, they recycle all the oil, the aluminium from the hair foils and all the. And which I never thought of, they recycle all the um, the used tin. Because yeah. as a salon owner, it used to drive me mad because they'd do they mix a big pot of tin and use a little bit of it, and it'd all go down the sink. Well, that, all this sort of chemicals all going down the sink. So they've got a, an amnesty bin for all of that stuff now. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, and we've also we use um, simply dry towels. Uh, you know, they're they're bamboo towels. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's as much as possible that you can do. Uh, I've been really interested as well that um, from the British Beauty Council, there's uh, the, the, the tampons and things. They've got bamboo uh, tampons and stuff as well because yes. it's a big thing for us because we come across uh, period poverty. It's another thing. Yeah. And the homeless thing, you know, like people haven't got, they haven't got the money for um, feminine hygiene products and things like that. Definitely. We, we often say, look, you know, it's great to buy a tea or coffee. Uh, you know, buy them a clean pair of drawers to put on. <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> we we want to have a big push on as well because periods is a, well, one, it's just such a taboo subject. So, one, nobody talks about it. Yeah. Two, there's so much plastic, single use plastics involved in it, which is just ending up in our oceans. So, yeah. There's so much that we want to tackle on that front as well. Yeah. Rebecca's been working with Humanitas actually on a, on a, um, a women's hygiene program for Ghana yeah. because obviously. Oh, yeah. yeah, if you're thinking in Ghana, they don't. It's just not even a thing to do. And and what I know that it's a big push with the United Nations at the moment of, um, especially in developing communities, the fact that with having access to feminine hygiene products, it keeps girls in school. And then for, with the keeping girls in school, they've got a, a, a more of an opportunity to go into work and and then not yeah. just be um, stay at home and then have 
that teenage pregnancy, which is obviously increasing population, which has a, a bigger yeah. impact on the global uh, issue around climate change and everything. So yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, um, we aim to teach the girls and the boys how to sew sanitary items in Ghana, which they'll Great. learn about periods and they'll learn how to sew as well. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, it just gets better and better, doesn't it? You know, it's like, I love all this stuff, you know, and it, it, it's, it's refreshing. Yeah. I don't. I know I go on about age a bit, but you know, it's it's the young people of today are thinking about tomorrow. You know, and I find, I find as an old fart, I find that really refreshing, uh, and we've all got a lot to learn from it. Yeah, I, th- I think, but the, I don't think it's not. We we have we have such so much knowledge at our fingertips these days. Yeah. And and that's and that's what it is. I and mean, you can you can find anything out in less than a couple of seconds. And I think that's what's so great about uh, the younger generation, even young, like my teenage brother. They have got so much. Yeah, they're involved with everything. They know so much that's going on in comparison to what I did when I was fifteen years younger. So it's and I guess that um, hopefully that will continue, and hopefully the youngsters will continue to try and do good for the planet and people. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, the thing is, all we can do, you know, I try and be better than my old man was, you know, hope my kids turn out a bit better than I am, uh, and, and so it goes. And in that way, hopefully, we can build a better future. Hello. But um, thank you so much for your time. I thank really you. love this. Uh, so I'm sure we'll be doing a lot more in the future. I'd love you both to come along, you know, when, we, when we've got haircuts from us where you are. Where do you, where are you based again? Where do you live? Kitchen. Where is that? Just north of, uh, it's, it's 20 minutes north of King's Cross on the north, on the, on oh, the right. line. So yeah, this is Nidge. So no right, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're spreading out and out all the time, you know. Yeah, that was, um, Stuart, there is, I, I think I mentioned it when we, when we said before, there's a brilliant, um, uh, small charity, homeless charity, um, based in Hitchin called Feed Up, Feed Up Warm Up. And they do amazing work. I'd love to get you connected with them. Oh, we'll come. We'll come and cut hair there. Um, what we'll do, um, after this is all finished, obviously send me the links, everything you want, but send me that link as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll get on to them. Uh, but you have to remind me because it's... You yeah, know, no, no. Is, I took a few blows to the head in the, in the car, so, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah, Shane, who runs it, he's a pretty inspirational fella himself. I think he was homeless for a while and then Brilliant. understood that people out there need people and so he set up this this shelter where it brings the community together brings the community yeah. together so it's excellent yeah yeah we'll be there honestly I'll put, I'll you thank that. you so much well, thank you so much um enjoy the rest of your day onwards and upwards even to the stars i'm sure you're going to get there Let's get uh, let's get Richard on on board and get him up there. Get, get you up <laughs> on this podcast yeah 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 let's hope so right <laughs> see you all soon take care Alright then, cheers. Just over five years ago, I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. This is more than a job, this is a calling.